Welcome to a special episode of Balling in the Six. This is your host, KJ, and we don't have Raul this week. We have the new, upgraded, and Canadian version. <laughs> Please introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, guys? We are what's up, Balling in the Six. I like you. I like you guys. I know you guys are a little new, but but you guys seem like you're vets in this already, man. Like, welcome to uh, Toronto Fandom, man. I, my name is Jason. I am from uh, the That's a Rap podcast. Uh, me and KJ are, 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 I guess we would say, new friends right now, right? Yeah, man, I'd uh, I'd fully endorse that. I'd fully endorse that. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, um, the, the that's around. Like, if if once I like, uh, I guess tweet this out. I want you guys to know all the listeners of that's around. Like, uh, these 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 cats are cool. These ball in the seas cats are cool. I like I like you guys. I like you just to like you know shoot the. I don't know if we can swear here, but shoot the crap about about the Raptors. That's just about acceptable, and uh, I, I love I love when you say you swear. That's a very Canadian swear crap. So uh, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of level you guys have, and I still uh, one of the things I love about the country. Anyway, um, we got some business to get down to. Last time we recorded was just before we played Portland game, and before that game, I do remember and quoting myself saying, "If we win this game away in Portland, we will." finally be able to recognize the 2019 to 20 Raptors as a serious contending force, at least for the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, did this did this game show that? Uh, well, the Portland game, Port- when it comes to Portland, I feel like they're they're kind of underperforming a lot. Um, so I think if, if there was any game that showed it would have definitely been the Lakers game where we were undermanned, everyone was kind of doubting them. And we go into LA, we go against a, a pretty healthy uh, Lakers team uh, with LeBron and AD. And then we kind of smacked them silly. I, like it was, there was no, everybody kind of counted the, the Raptors out. So if there was any game that was that was there, I would definitely say the, the, the Lakers game. That Portland game was solidifying the, our our i guess stance in especially in that road trips list because like if you if you told me beforehand that we would get uh come out that road trip three and three and two i'd be i'd be kind of laughing at you right but but yeah the, that i feel like that road trip altogether solidified our place in the, the eastern conference yeah and but i mean of course you say a weakened uh well underperforming portland team who've now recruited carmelo anthony so last yeah. week um Last week, our Portland courtside correspondent Samuel Jeffries um, talked about how Melo, at least with the return of Dame, would help spacing, help rebounding, shooting. He had an off first game. He had, you know, he bounced back a little bit against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, just relating to Portland, we go on a bit of a uh, bit of a divergence for just for just a second. Melo was one of the players who some Toronto fans wanted. This was the season before we got Kawhi, I believe. But even in the off season, we had a bit of cap space, I believe, and some people wanted uh, Melo, as you know, that sort of superstar, the scorer who could come out of nothing. Yeah. Would, what was your thoughts on that? Would he have been a decent addition to Toronto? Because he's not performing too badly with Blazers, admittedly on a very small sample size. No, but but I feel like uh, I'm going to try to go back to the feeling when we heard the news that Serge and Kyle were out of the lineup for that road trip. A lot of talk was, yeah, maybe we can grab somebody. Um, and what a, one of one of the names that kind of flew around was Jamal Crawford. And I kind of put the Jamal Crawford and the Carmelo in the same boat because do we need, really need the offense right now? Probably not. We're not. We can score the ball. It's more of the defense uh, that I'm more 
you know, worried about. And now because of that road trip, I'm not worried about it at all. If you put someone like Melo in there, yeah, he's going to score for you for sure, but he's going to demand the ball. And the his veteran presence, his background, I guess his history of being that locker room presence isn't a isn't there isn't apparent and this crew that we have in toronto is all about leadership it's all about vets and and the young guys and a good mixture of vets and when you throw in someone like carmelo again i i don't know him personally but in just seeing like the the background and uh the history that he has i just don't feel like he would have good been a good fit i think it's a great story don't get me wrong i do agree that he should be in this league and i'm glad that someone like portland gave him the chance but I kind of I'm I'm in that boat, uh, and I'm sure a lot of fans are in the same boat too. Where I'm like, we're we're glad that we're in the back end of that. We're glad we're we're seeing it from afar, and that's not about an R team. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and um, I'm I'm glad also you clarified that you don't know Melo personally because that was one of the reasons I got you on this podcast. We and I brought it up in the first place. So, uh, but thank you for clarifying that and showing you <laughs> to, the, to the fan base. No, <laughs> um, I don't have it. Yeah, I have nothing. I got nothing. I'm just a fan oh, okay. here, bro. You're in, you're in Serge's DMs? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saved my foozy and he really calls me up. Ah, okay, brilliant. <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah, as you as you said, that was a, a, a consolidation of a victory against Portland and sort of stamped down, stamped down Toronto's credentials. We could have finished that road trip 4-1, which would have been... which would have put, probably put us top of a lot of power rankings, whether it be at the Athletic... ESPN or the like, uh, but then we go to Dallas and uh, a certain Mr. Doncic pretty much suns us for the entire game. He hits so the I, triple so double. Yeah, I had this. I, my my recent, not not the most recent, but I I just had a. Um, I guess a, a, a guest on our pod and he was he's from Dallas Fort Worth and I wanted him on because I wanted I just wanted to talk about Doncic bro this guy is 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 20 years old and he's almost averaging a triple double and he's literally blowing these teams away like whenever you face someone like Dallas and you see you put like uh whenever my wife and I would go through the the, the games throughout the, the throughout the day see which one is you know, deemed to watch. And then whenever she she says Dallas, it's like Dallas or Cleveland, uh, it's gonna be a blowout. Dallas or Phoenix, uh, it's gonna be a blowout. Like Dallas is right now is on such a high because of Doncic. It's it's so crazy to watch a 20 year old kill these teams left, right, and center, man. And he's just carried on doing it. I mean, it's, that wasn't that wasn't any sort of fluke. It was. I mean, even last night, he's just delivering. And you see on uh, I don't know if you go on the. NBA subreddit that much, but I mean he's a he's a favorite there for for a reason really. Um, do you think there's any stopping him from the MVP conversation? Might be a bit early to discuss that. It's a little bit early for sure. Um, but if you if Dallas it keeps going up on these trends and uh, you know I'll be there they are blowing out teams that are sub you know in not very good teams i guess if if you if they are putting up these numbers against the clippers the lakers uh even even the boston or or us the, the raptors like then you can see talk about the mvp considerations right now it's only like 14 15 games in it's a good story for sure and Doncic is like you know the price of admission all on his own but i don't think he would be in the mvp uh category uh because you have dogs like especially in the west you have dogs like lebron you still got dogs like uh you know westbrook or not westbrook but mostly harden and of course you got Giannis. so he's still 
a few uh, games away, maybe. Like, you know, like, let's see where we're at around the 60 mark, 60 game mark, and then we'll talk. All right. Well, uh, Doncic, actually, well, I was discussing this with uh, with Samuel earlier, and there's sort of been a rise of the non-American, the non-Canadian, the non-North American, should I say, mm. in the NBA. You know, the likes of Embiid, Siakam, Doncic. Um, and obviously that might be a mix, or that might be down to a mix of sort of Euro ball, a focus on passing, a focus on sharing the ball in the development, maybe a lot of playing other sports. I know Doncic, Siakam, they all they both played soccer. You know, I'm, I'm saying your language, they both played soccer as well. Do you, do you think that will continue to see sort of the rise of the the non the non North American uh, NBA player? Uh, that's kind of that's a cool question. Um, I was just having a conversation with my, my wife about like why do you know fans kind of gravitate towards NBA players? And one, I want to say it's because it's it's so close to like the fan base. Like there's no you know there's no border in hockey. There's a there's glass in in football or soccer. There's like a field and you can't get on the field. But for basketball, if like you if you ran on the if you ran on the court, you can touch a player right there and uh, right there and then. Um, but and I also think that it's so accessible. Um, so I, I, again, I'm I'm Canadian. I don't particularly like hockey. To be honest, a lot of my friends do. A lot of my friends also like uh, American football. But I was the lone lone horse that loved basketball, and it, I think it's because of the accessibility. And that accessibility kind of comes across the world, right? So not many people. Uh, I guess while I was growing up, I didn't, I couldn't afford uh, to play hockey. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure my parents, my parents gave me everything I, I wanted, but I just didn't want to play play any hockey. I didn't want getting in that gear. So I do feel like when you when you have have a sport where you just need a ball and that's why football or uh, I guess soccer in, in our case is, is such okay, okay, okay I'll say soccer great so I think soccer and basketball because of the accessibility of it that's why it's such a global uh, sport and you see you're seeing it you're seeing uh, you know people from Canada of course you're seeing people from Africa you're seeing people from all around the world and it's it is definitely definitely becoming international sport which is really good for the Toronto teams because now you we're not recruiting people from America we're recruiting people all around the world and you can see that with with someone like uh, Pascal or uh, someone like Serge you know and someone like Chris Boucher so yeah definitely definitely agree with you when it comes to the international field great and uh, that actually brings us quite nicely to Chris Boucher um, I spoke glowingly of him last episode and you know uh, apart from Jack Armstrong's bonjour at every single putback <laughs> he does, um, there's there, there's something special about this kid. And as I was said, I was I said this last podcast, a lot of Raptors fans were calling him to be waived this season because he hadn't developed in the sort of one and a half seasons he'd, he's been with us since coming from Golden State. He's taken such a jump. Uh, Ibaka is obviously coming back soon. Do you think? And I'm asking this for the sake of my fantasy team as well, that Boucher will take a hit. Do you think he continue to play quite a key role in not only the regular season, but beyond? I hope so. I hope so. Um, my, my co-host Jay asked this in our last pod, uh, and they said that once Surge comes back, who do you think is going to come off the bench? And I said Surge 
because before he got hurt, before Serge got hurt, he was playing very well. And I don't, again, I'm not going to, I don't want anybody to get injured, but because of this injury, it kind of gave someone like Chris Boucher the, the opportunity to arise. And that's what you need in this league. Um, I'm not too sure if there, if you watched that little special with for Chris Boucher, I think it was uh, the, the Toronto media sports net. Um, and they were, Chris Boucher basically was talking about how whenever he played on the G League, um, he wanted to play. At first, he was kind of mad because he didn't belong. But then he realized, you know what, I'm going to play and show them that that I don't belong here, that I do belong in the league. And then so I feel like they're taking Chris Boucher is taking a lot of people by surprise. Um, but I don't I don't feel like this is too surprising. He He's he's the mvp of the g league he's won a championship in the g league he's won a championship with the nba team and now the fight finally has a chance and he's relishing it right and that's all uh an nba player needs that's all, all anybody needs just that opportunity and for him i'm glad he's taking that opportunity now when surge comes back i guess that's the that's a million dollar question right and that's why we're not getting paid millions uh just like nick nurse and he has a good problem to have who are you going to throw in you're going to throw in chris boucher you're going to throw in Ibaka. But I also feel like I'm gonna trust Nick. We, if you if you put someone like Dwayne Casey, he's probably gonna go back to Surge. But I feel <laughs> like Nick Nick is going to kind of give these players the opportunity, and I feel like he's not going to go back on his word because he was the one who made you know made it made sure that his bench heard that you know we want you guys to show us that you can play, and if you can play, then we're gonna play you uh, more minutes. And I don't think he's going to you know step back on his word. No, he's a loyal coach. That's a, that's a big thing that we say about him. And that's something he's also shown with the likes of Terrence Davis as well, who's, of course, been one of the biggest revelations. I mean, there was a stat last week that, well, after the last game, which showed that the three undrafted players on the Raptors, which, of course, we referred to, you know, Van Vliet, uh, Terrence Davis and Chris Boucher, sort of delivering double digits, double doubles, game after game after game. And that's not only on the Raptors' development system, but that's on Nick Nurse factually trusting them. Because mm-hmm. if you look at Nick Nurse before the season, he publicly called out, of course, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and Stanley Johnson. Now, the latter hasn't has barely played more than one minute in any game, but Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is starting to creep up into the mid-20s and play a significant role, you know, having been quite a key player in the Nets last season. In the last four games, you know, since we, uh, since, since we, since we last recorded, he again has probably been the the star of the bench, as it were, even even more than the likes of Boucher and Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's real. That's a, yeah. That's a really important point to make about Nick Nurse and and really the, yeah the loyalty to the bench because we can't have Van Vliet and Siakam playing 40 minutes every game. However much people want that, and however important it is to you know secure securing those top four or three seeds in the East. You got you got to trust your bench sometimes, and I think he's warmed really well after because there was concerns. I don't know if certainly for me after the first five games and Van Vliet, Siakam, even the likes of Gasol were sort of playing 40 minutes a game, and I was getting sort of a bit touchy. I'm like, okay, this is really not sustainable. Uh, is, is is this a ploy from Nurse, or do we just not have enough depth? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree, especially when it came to when Kyle and Serge were, were gone. Like, everyone was like, oh, what are we going to do with our bench? But at the same time, it's not like we've seen them until now. And someone like Rondé, um, 
I like I know that you you lived in it lived in Toronto for a little bit. I I'm not too sure if you kind of caught on where when you come to when it comes to players when it comes to any sport NHL uh, basketball or M- MLB or anything, if you bring effort, you're gonna be beloved in this city. And you're thinking about you know uh, the likes of JYD, or likes of Ty Domi, and these guys aren't the flashiest. They're not the the you can say the best you know athletes or anything like that. But they they're like lunch pail guys they're blue collar guys they're going to give you all the heart and hustle every second they are on the fort uh, on the floor on the court and the ice or whatever it is for someone like ronde he's not going to shoot for you like he he i think he shot one three-pointer and, and it went way off and it was you're not we're not going to ask ronde to shoot those those threes even like mid-range shots but if you're going to ask him to be like, hey, Rondé, I want you to go after every single ball, regardless if it's offense or defense. I want you to try to be the the best defender on the best player on the opposing team. And I want you to be that dunker spot. And I want you to create opportunities for your other teammates. And he's going to do that, right? He's he's not going to be the one who's going to uh, pad the stat sheet, but he's going to affect the game other, uh, another re- otherwise, right? And we need that. Every team needs that. Rondé is kind of is becoming that fan fav- favorite because he's that heart and hustle guy. Even in the last game, when he came in with Terrence Davis, you could hear the ovation. Oh, uh, uh, I guess the, the applaud. You can hear that people are excited to watch these guys, and I think we are too now. Even like from abroad, uh, from, from where you're from, uh, watching and when, where we're at, I feel like it's just we're excited to watch our bench now, led by Rondé, led by Terrence, led by Boucher. It's it's such a it's so good to feel. Uh, excited for our bench and i'm not gonna like i did state in my last episode that you know this is bench mob 2.0 but i feel like this is something different you know like what do you what do you think do you think the bench mob is bad yeah, i was i was about to bring up i'm like this the the one good thing about Dwayne casey was the bench mob the likes of van vliet and siakam you know sort of throwing themselves in at uh you know at the very deep end and and delivering and managing to you know somehow recoup seemingly unassailable leads with you know a bench of rookies mm-hmm. um this isn't of course the same but you're right in that i mean hollis jefferson's stat sheets aren't even too bad you know it's nine nine points a game uh and uh six rebounds on 60 percent true shooting that sort of thing um mm-hmm. but and we also remember with the injuries you know norman powell who has been excellent in the starting role right he, he dropped 26 against the mavericks mm-hmm. and then he dropped 17 the next night against uh charlotte and then you know uh, not not his greatest performance, but then he you know dropped 15 against against uh, the Magic then the next day. So he's but he'll he'll move straight back into that bench unit once Lowry returns. And Which so is- you're looking at a bench with uh, an always improving Boucher, a hungry uh, Hollis Jefferson, a surprise in Terrence Davis, uh, a Norman Powell who seems to finally be having his breakout season. You know we've been with due respect to Mr. Powell, we've been sort of waiting long enough for that. Uh, he's sort of been one of those players always on the fringes Cat, is this year his year he hasn't really got the chance but you know he's delivering now and hopefully he can lead that bench mob um what do you think of matt thomas because this has been quite a hot topic of conversation between me and viral on previous previous episodes um but i think we need a to- toronto man's perspective on on matt thomas <laughs> the matt thomas train is is well and alive i think oh, it yes. kind of that's it oh, that's yeah. what i want to hear hundred percent, it's it's well on the knife, but I think it kind of it slowed down a little bit. It's not empty, but it's slowed down, and I think a lot of them hopped on in the Terrence Davis train, which I don't mind either because Terrence Davis has been going nuts. But for Matt Thomas, he 
I feel like he's more of a situational player at this moment in his career because you know he he is a rookie, but he did play professional in the Euroleague. But for Matt Thomas, I feel like Nick Nurse wants to play him on certain. I guess if you play someone like the Magic, they're um, they're long, they're lengthy, and they're fast. And there, someone like Matt Thomas isn't going to get as open as easily as if they, you know, they were going to play the Knicks or something like that. For for Matt Thomas, I feel like he still needs to prove that he can play defense. Obviously, he can shoot. His shoot, his shot is Redick-like. But that's who we want him to be. He's not there yet. He's not going to be the one who's going. We're all going to focus on him, him shooting, him taking away over the game. But it's going to be, it's going to get there. And I'm glad that he's not just here for the one-year trial. I'm glad he's here for two years. Uh, because he's he he has the potential of being that Redick for us, to being that uh, Corver for us, and we haven't had that. Obviously, we tried to have that with CJ Miles, that didn't work out very well. And you know, it, we, if you're gonna ask for like a, a sniper for us, Matt Thomas is your guy. But what I'm glad is, even if Matt Thomas is going to be the one who is going to be the three-point specialist, we have others that can shoot too. Fred Van Vliet shooting pretty well. Terrence Davis is shooting pretty well from the three. Even Pascal shooting pretty well from the three norm powell's becoming that 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 um i coming in with with a good three-point percentage so i feel like the the matt thomas train isn't going to go anywhere it's just not you know at full speed right now no that's fair and you know what last last episode which uh you listened to it was there was exact comparisons to corva and to reddick it's when and and you're right about his being situa- situational because in those sort of playoff games, whether you know it could be against could be against anyone now, but even against the like, you might imagine us in a matchup against Boston. We can't buy a basket. They're playing fantastic interior defense, and you just bring on Matt Thomas for five or ten minutes to you know snipe a couple of threes and change the momentum mm-hmm. of the game. That's such a useful weapon to have, and it's a very low risk gamble, which is mm-hmm. one thing into itself because he was is not on a high salary. He's not. He's not an integral part of rotation, as you said. Oh, no. He's just—he's almost a three player, as it were. Matt Thomas is like the uh, the chess piece that you want to. Um, you're not going for like the kill, but you're setting up for other things, right? If you throw in Matt Thomas at like the end of a game, let's say uh, we're down by we're down by one or something like that, we just need a bucket, and but you ha- you put in Matt Thomas, not so he can be—he's obviously going to be that uh, threat there, but we're going to use him as a threat to get everyone else will open because mm-hmm. eventually you're going teams are going to scout and they're going to scout for who other than Pascal and Fred and whenever Kyle Lowry comes back, you throw Matt Thomas, you're going to throw a wrench um, in their plans. So that's that's why it's so good to have a sniper on your team that you can throw in here and there situationally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he played a role alongside I think this was the most amount of Raptors used per you know in any game of the season. It was against a fantastic win, 132 to 96 against the Charlotte Hornets. Now a couple of episodes ago, uh, Varel actually spoke of and you know i have to admit i agree of how the hornets have surprised us you know when they traded kemba for rosia everyone pretty much put them down almost as the next lol nick sort of team right it was like mm-hmm. they're a joke you know how are they going to recover they've got too many you know aging vets and they haven't got enough young talent but they've, they've been impressive they're at the time of uh they played us you know they were six and eight uh they were you know racing into sort of the lower the lower playoff seeds and sort of surprising a lot of the teams and even in the first half they were 
pretty good against us. It was it was only a, a four point gap going into half time. But I think I'm not sure if you watched this game, but it was one of the best second halves that the Raptors have ever had. And more oh, yeah. importantly, again, it didn't really rely on any of our starters to do it, or at least it didn't rely on the usual two of Van Vliet and Siakam. But it was the likes of Anunobi, it was the likes of Powell, Hollis Jefferson, and Davis, you know, getting all getting in double digits and all getting. Yeah, I think it was one of Ananobi's best games, to be honest. 10 for 13. For sure. He's ever shot that well. But 24 points in 27 minutes kind of showed the potential he has for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, OG, I have it in one of my notes, man. OG is killing it right now. Last year, he didn't really have a chance to show it. Like, albeit he had, he went through a lot of, a lot of things last year. We won't get into it because it's, it's past us now. But I'm glad that he's getting another, another chance to show his worth. Um, now I really hope that his eye is okay because sometimes you just need, you know, you want to give him a break, right? He's just, he's, he's finally getting his footing, and then he, he keeps on getting hit in the eye. Like God, just, just let him be. <laughs> But, Kawhi but like, of, 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 of I know, everyone. right? <laughs> the Did guy you imagine being clawed out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good lord! And then getting elbowed. Oh, by Batum, jeez. But it's you can clearly see that he's more comfortable with the ball in his hands last year or the years past you could see that he was very very hesitant um but now he doesn't dribble as much or as well as i want him to i think that's going to come but his trajectory i can see is like pascal's trajectory he's shooting very 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 well from three he's actually the top i believe the top raptor in in uh, i guess percentage wise and he like when uh, there was one step back or like, i think like a dribble and then he he like crossed over uh batum or something and then shot a three in his eye you wouldn't have never seen that in the past you can see that he's definitely working on his game working on his dribbling and he's getting more comfortable with his, his athleticism he's such a young guy that he's still kind of he, he feels like he's still growing into his body and he's so strong for such a young guy too so he's definitely one of those players that we want him to become that pascal uh but like he his growth how much he's grown so far since he's come in as a rookie is is just phenomenal it's it's honestly it's like pascal like to me yeah it's very encouraging and although he is you know a third year player now you were right we've got to remember that he literally lost a year and it wasn't only due to his own personal issues it was due to being behind Kawhi Leonard, who was playing, you know, despite load management, was playing, you know, uh, in excess of 35 minutes every single game. Mm. Um, so, you know, we could count him as almost a sophomore, as it, as it were. And if you look at it in that context, the development of a small forward who is playing excellent defense, who's not only shooting really well from beyond the perimeter, but also is able to drive, is able to cut, is able to finish very well at the rim. Um, we've got a real player on our hands here, and we saw Van Vliet and Siakam take huge leaps last year. And as you said, I think it I, this has this has to be OG's year, and I think and I think he's shown it in the playoffs before, uh, in his first year. He was mm-hmm. actually one in even in the sweep against the Cavs. He was one of our best players there. He was the guy who had to stop LeBron. I know there was memes about him about you know him being the LeBron stopper. But he did have to match up to him in the end, and he didn't—he didn't—he didn't do himself any disservice. I mean, as yeah. as a rookie, as a rookie to be asked to guard LeBron, he, you're not going to stop LeBron. He's—he's he's a freight train. But you can tame him, 
like he got a quiet 27 points per, per game a right quiet like quiet 27 yeah that's the dream <laughs> it's ridiculous ridiculous but like yeah you're right he he is definitely he can be that Kawhi like he can be that pascal like if he really really wanted to and could you imagine having a year and yeah i'll be he didn't play very much um but could you imagine being uh watching someone like someone like Kawhi come uh, with with his game preparation and how he plays on the court and his uh, you know his how he goes about his 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 game I guess and and so I, I feel like OG is just going to soak that up as a 22 year old you're going to soak all of that information up it's it's not going to you know change uh right right away I don't think OG is going to be like MIP status or anything like that but it's going to be gradual for OG uh we're, we're not asking and that's why I'm glad uh, about you know i guess our front office we're not asking og to be like that that step in that to, to be our next Kawhi, to be our next siakam we just want him to steadily grow and it i feel like it's 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 happening right now where it's happening before our eyes right now last year he he was uh he went into like the i think the the rising stars um in the all-star all-star league which is which is really great and he can be an all-star i i i believe but right now we just want him to do what he's doing now you know what I mean? Like, we don't want him to be anybody else except for OG Ananobi. That's a, you know, that's a fantastic way to sum him, up, sum him up, to be honest. We mention him, of course, a lot on this podcast because he is, of course, from London as well, which Matt Devlin likes to remind us of every time that he does shoot a three from that particular part of the court, which is which is, which is always nice to see, you know. Huh. Uh, since I'm going to... has been a player uh in the in the league so uh, we're very we're very happy with that it gives it gives us a little bit of relevance yeah yeah i'm gonna look out for that next time when when og shoots a three i'm gonna hear it i'm gonna, I'm gonna be like yo shout out to ball on the six London. <laughs> because yeah because uh it was it used to be Corey joseph from pickering on constantly yeah. uh lowry from wherever and then it's og from london you know sort of thing so <laughs> it's a nice nice little uh nice little homage from matt devlin they're all of our faves um Last game we're going to discuss uh, Orlando Magic. Now, there's not wasn't really too much that we haven't seen before in the pre- previous games. The main three, Siakam, Norm, Van Vliet, you had great performances from Terrence Davis and Cruz Boucher off the bench. And, you know, that is, again, a tribute to how well they've played. That double digits off the bench is, you know, just a normal game for them now. A double-double for Boucher as well. It's just, yep, yeah, uh, that's what Boucher does nowadays. Yeah. So, uh, it's sort of well done to him. Um, the Raptors now sit... 10 and 4 we had a discussion last time and at the start of the season in our predictions we were all sort of thinking okay 5th 6th seed you know it's going to be a quiet year we're going to be bumped in the second round of the playoffs to you know one of the top 3 either Boston Milwaukee or Philly we we sit 10 and 4 now we could realistically after tonight um, we play Atlanta we could sit 11 and 4 and have one of the best records not only in the east but in the whole league are we oh, yeah. still in that top tier of teams are we still with the lakers the clippers the bostons are we are we dropped what do you think because we've certainly outperformed ourselves so is this sustainable is what i'm asking i think so i think so for sure i mean i feel like we had our hardest road trip so far right i don't think we're going back to the west until march i believe so we already got that uh out of our our way our next stop is going to be atlanta 
uh, we have a good game against the 76 on Monday, but then it's, it eases off a little bit, right? You get the Knicks and you get the Magic again. The Jazz are okay. The Heat's going to be a really good game, but I feel like our the schedule is going to be easy on us from now on. Uh, and if we can capitalize on, on home court, because, you know, we are undefeated right now and at home, and we have a really good, uh, I guess, schedule coming up, I feel like it's sustainable. I honestly do. We are coming back with uh, a couple of starters with Serge and Kyle. I don't see why not. Honestly, I really don't see why not. If if our if when we first started that road trip, if one of the biggest thing is what is our bench going to do? Now it's proved that now the problem now is how do you bring our starters back because our bench is playing so well? Like I don't I don't see what the, the the problem is. You know what I mean? I don't see why it wouldn't be sustainable because our bench is playing very well. Our starters are playing very well. Our starters who were injured or who are injured uh, were playing very well before they were injured. I think it's sustainable. I think we're up in the at least the top five, maybe top seven of the league. I think we're we're better than the Heat. Uh, I think we can, depending on how the 76ers are, are going to play. You know, if Ben Simmons can still shoot threes, I don't know. I doubt it. But I feel like we're still we're up there. We're up there with the Milwaukee's and the 76ers. I we we beat the Lakers. Clippers are in a little. Uh, they're on a tier of their own, to be honest. Uh, but no, I, I definitely do feel like we're up there. You know what I mean? For sure. And that, you know, is probably one of the most beautiful notes of optimism to end what has been a wonderful collaborative episode on. Uh, you know, thank thank you so much for appearing on Balling in the Six. As is tradition for the podcast, we do keep it commuter length, as we like to say, sort of around half an hour or so. And we've done a wonderful job of that. So thanks for your contributions for keeping it so real within such a short time yeah really enjoyed having you on can you give the listeners one more reminder of your podcast and where they can find it absolutely kj man thank you so much for allowing me to be part uh the inaugural guest of uh balling yeah, in the six yeah. i'm the sure you, collaboration. It will go down you guys gotta you guys gotta get, get <laughs> i'll go down to espn you're gonna get Stephen a smith next but man, no, it's 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 good, man. Um, you can find uh, our podcast, uh, That's a Rap Podcast. It's a podcast uh, for fans by fans. It's myself and two of my other uh, co-hosts. Uh, I am more so of. I'm not. I'm honestly not a stats guy. I'm just a fan, man. Uh, Jay is a stats guy. Dre is more of like the he he. His role is to kind of bring us down to earth he's not the negative guy i'm not trying to say that but he he's he kind of understands the lay of the land you know what i mean and i'm just a fan and i i i produce the show uh but I, again i'm just a fan and those guys are the ones that that shine that make the podcast great but you can find us there that's a rap podcast again kj thank you so much for letting me uh i guess shoot shoot the crap with you man yeah great man and i and i and i look forward hopefully uh whenever to uh to jumping on yours as well and uh seeing you three in action you know so uh oh, you guys you guys you kind of podcast like you guys really inspire us so uh hey thanks thank again. you so much all right man have a good one catch you later